morning, everyone. I invite you to stand and face the font as we begin worship together. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Nothing can separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ. Let us confess our sins. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned in thought, word, and deed. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. In your mercy, forgive what we have been. Help us to amend what we are and direct what we shall be, that we may do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with you, our God. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us, and for his sake, God forgives all of our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let us pray. Almighty and ever-living God, increase us in us your gift of faith, that forsaking what lies behind and reaching out to what lies ahead, we may follow the way of your commandments and receive the crown of everlasting joy. Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. first reading is from Amos. Seek the Lord and live, or he will break out against the house of Joseph like fire, and it will devour Bethel with no one to quench it. Ah, you that turn justice to wormwood and bring righteousness to the ground. 
They hate the one who reproves in the gate, and they abhor the one who speaks the truth. Therefore, because you trample on the poor and take from them levies of grain, you have built houses of hewn stone, but you shall not live in them. You have planted pleasant vineyards, but you shall not drink their wine. For I know how many are your transgressions and how great your sins. You who afflict the righteous, who take a bribe and push aside the needy in the gate. Therefore, the prudent will keep silent in such a time, for it is an evil time. Seek good and not evil that you may live. And so the Lord, the God of hosts, will be with you, just as you have said. Hate evil and love good and establish justice in the gate. It may be that the Lord, the God of hosts, will be gracious to the remnant of Joseph. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. We'll read today's psalm responsibly. So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts to wisdom. Return, O Lord, how long will you tarry? Be gracious to your servants. Satisfy us by your steadfast love in the morning, so we shall rejoice and be glad all our days. Make us glad as many days as you afflicted us and as many years as we suffered adversity. Show your servants your works and your splendor to their children. And the graciousness of the Lord our God be upon us. Prosper the work of our hands. Prosper our handiwork. The second reading is from Hebrews. Indeed, the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing until it divides soul from spirit, joints from marrow. It is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And before him no creature is hidden, but all are naked and laid bare to the eyes of the one to whom we must render account. Since then we have such a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who in every respect has been tested as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore approach the throne of grace with boldness, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. to you, O Lord. As Jesus was setting out on a journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? 
No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. He said to him, Teacher, I've kept all these since my youth. Jesus, looking at the man, loved him and said, You lack one thing. Go, sell what you own and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When the man heard this, he was shocked and went away grieving, for he had many possessions. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were perplexed at these words. But Jesus said to them, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were greatly astounded and said to one another, Then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, For mortals it is impossible, but not for God. For God all things are possible. Peter began to say to Jesus, Look, we have left everything and followed you. Jesus said, Truly I tell you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for my sake and for the sake of the good news, who will not receive a hundredfold now in this age. Houses, brothers and sisters, mothers and children, and fields with persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last will be first. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. About seven or eight years ago, the radio show This American Life ran a story about the good guy discount. This is exactly what it sounds like. This man, a friend of one of the producers, would go into a store, bring his items up to the register, and ask, is there any way that I can get a discount on this? You know, I'm a good guy, you're a good guy, good guy discount. And not all of the time, but enough of the time, the person would shrug and say, yeah, sure. Good guys aren't just guys, of course, but the shorthand for people who are upstanding members of our community. They put out their trash on time, they pay their taxes, they do all the rest. They don't hurt anybody, they don't get violent, they're good. You're like them at barbecues and parties, on committees and on boards. We'll even give them discounts just because, well, who doesn't love a good guy? Well, Amos and St. Mark, that's who. They don't dislike good people, but they're a little skeptical of our judgments about what exactly it means to be good. Today's reading from Amos is a good place to start. Amos is an agricultural worker. He's from the southern kingdom of Judah. He's called by God to go to the northern kingdom of Israel. And this is how Amos describes life in the northern kingdom. You trample on the poor and take from them levies of grain. 
You afflict the righteous, take a bribe, and push aside the needy and the gate. You turn justice to wormwood and bring righteousness to the ground. The way Amos talks about it, the northern kingdom must have been just sheer pandemonium, just chaos in the streets every day. People must have been completely livid at their inability to live and function with such rampant injustices all around them. But if you went to ancient Israel, if you did one of those proverbial man-on-the-street interviews, people would say that things are getting better all the time. After all, this is a time when the kingdom was getting famously wealthy. It wasn't quite Dow 25,000, but maybe Dow 25. What's this Amos guy talking about? And that disconnect, that lack of awareness, is part of the problem. In fact, if you read Amos and the prophets from this time, if you've read Jerry's columns, then you know this, there's actually two criticisms going on. One is of people who are taking bribes and pushing aside the needy and doing things that are obviously wrong. The second criticism is that people just really don't care. And that as long as I'm better off than I was yesterday, well, I don't really think about it. And it's that second group of people, the self-proclaimed good guys, that Amos has the harshest words for. And you get that criticism in the Gospels, too. James Keenan, who's a Jesuit priest, has this great phrase in one of his books where he writes that the Gospel writers ascribe sin not to people who knowingly do the wrong thing, but to individuals who don't bother to love. Sin is not knowingly trying to solve a problem and failing. It's not making your faithful best guess and turning out to be wrong. Sin is not just messing up. Sin is about not being able to bother to love. And certainly Amos would agree. That image of being bothered is nice because it suggests a kind of interruption, something that we haven't planned or created for ourselves. What keeps us from loving others isn't hatred or callousness. It's usually just the inertia of trying to get through the day. The novelist Jonathan Franzen recently put it this way, that you might wake up in the middle of the night and realize you're lonely in your marriage, or that you need to think about what your level of consumption is doing to the planet. But the next day you have a million little things to do, and the day after that you have another million little things. Life is just a million little things all the way down. And when you have a million little things to do, it's easy not to be bothered. And that might help us understand the command that Jesus gives to this wealthy man who wants to inherit eternal life. This guy keeps all the commandments. He's a respectable person in his community. He is the goodest of the good guys. And so Jesus says there's actually just one thing left for him to do. Sell what you own, give the money to the poor, so that you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. It's curious that Mark notes that even though this man had apparently everything he wanted, he still lacked something. And Jesus actually says it's just one little thing, something that's going to make it difficult for him to enter the kingdom of God, something his money can't buy. And the thing he lacks is the ability to be bothered. 
because wealth has a way of crowding that out. The problem isn't so much money itself, but the way it insulates us from the experiences of others. Wealth makes it easier not to be bothered. It makes it easier not to have to think about climate change, racism, poverty, war, anything other than your immediate experience of life. Wealth makes it easier to just focus on my million little things. Now, few of us, hopefully, are vulgar enough to look at the world's problems and think, I cannot be bothered with any of this. But we do it in more subtle ways. We label things as political issues when they affect other people and pastoral care when they happen to us. Or we use a dog whistle, we talk about urban problems. Or we give up any sort of public concern altogether. These are not about healthy disagreements about the most effective way to solve problems or how we can best serve our neighbors. They're mostly just ways of deflecting, of abrogating responsibility, preventing ourselves from having to be bothered. And that's a spiritually terminal perspective to take on life. Because as the rich man learned, you can walk around with Jesus if you're not able to be bothered. You can travel with Jesus if you're not able to be bothered. But you can't follow Jesus if you're not able to be bothered. That inability to be bothered is ultimately about transformation. The problem with the wealthy man is that his commitment to his wealth has made it impossible for him to change or grow or be transformed. He is absolutely willing to follow Jesus as long as it doesn't mean changing anything about himself, his life, or his relationship with other people. And why should he? He's a good guy. But the kingdom of God isn't about being a good guy. The northern kingdom of Israel was full of good guys. The kingdom of God is about transformation. And that transformation, the capacity to be bothered into salvation, is what Jesus invites us into. After all, many who are first shall be last, and many who are last shall be first. For the good guys who are first in this world, getting into the kingdom of God is possible, but it's going to be difficult. Jesus invites this rich man into eternal life, and he goes away grieving. It's easier not to be bothered. But for those who, to use Amos's phrase, seek good, who think that goodness isn't simply something latent within their being, but brought into the world through the Holy Spirit, the kingdom of God is always apparent. Because in between the million little things that we fill our days with, the invitation is always present. There's always room to be transformed by grace, and there's always opportunity to be bothered enough to love. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Let's join the church around the world as we confess our faith using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. May children and heirs of God's promise, let us pray for the church, the world, and all God's people in need. Uniting God, you call forth different gifts in those who follow you. Encourage us to welcome the diverse benefits and blessings of the whole church in teaching, preaching, prophesy, healing, and more. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Nurturing God, you bring forth crops from the soil and bounty from the trees. Increase the produce of the land and bless all who toil in fields and orchards. Provide good working conditions and keep laborers safe. Lord, in your mercy. Empowering God, you offer compassion for those who are overlooked and forgotten. Open the hearts of local, national, and world leaders to show compassion and love for their neighbors. We pray especially this week for the people of Costa Rica, El Salvador, Nicaragua, and Panama. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Sheltering God, in Jesus you traveled among us without a place to lay your head. Provide safe places to sleep and rest for those who have no place to live. Sustain ministries that offer food, clothing, and peace of mind. If you have any other petitions, I invite you to offer those at this time. Lord, in your mercy. Renewing God, you bring life out of death. Help us part with those things that are no longer beneficial to us, and open our hearts to see where a new life is budding in this congregation. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. With thanksgiving, we remember those who have died. Keep us in communion with all the saints until we at last find our rest in you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We offer these prayers in the name of the one who gives us a wise heart, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. I'm going to teach you how to do this again, because you looked uncertain last week. For the sharing of the peace right now, we do peace. We do this in American Sign Language. Peace, this is becoming quiet. Be with you. That's my part. And you have just this, thumb and pinky, and also with you. So I say, peace be with you. And you just say, and also with you. Let's try that. Peace be with you, and also with you. Oh, great. You did great. Thank you. 
Let us pray. God of all goodness and grace, receive the gifts we offer and grant that our whole life may give you glory and praise through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful God, through our Savior Jesus Christ, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection, Open to us the way of everlasting life. And so with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy God, you alone are holy, you alone are God. You have not abandoned us, but have brought us this far along the way. In every age you sent prophets to make known your loving will for all humanity. The cry of the poor has become your own cry. Our hunger and thirst for justice is your own desire. In the fullness of time you sent your chosen servant to preach good news to the afflicted, to break bread with the outcast and despised, and to ransom those in bondage to prejudice and sin. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. And again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. We pray for the gift of your spirit in our gathering, within this meal, among your people, and throughout the world. Blessing, praise, and thanks to you, holy God, through Christ Jesus, by your spirit, in your church, without end. Amen. And gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, 
but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. This is the body of Christ given for you and the blood of Christ shed for you. Let us pray. God of abundance, you have fed us with the bread of life and cup of salvation. You have united us with Christ and one another, and you have made us one with all your people in heaven and on earth. Now send us forth in the power of your spirit that we may proclaim your redeeming love to the world and continue forever in the risen life of Christ our Savior. Amen.
this time. We open things up for any announcements, joys, and concerns. Did anyone have anything they wanted to share? Yeah, you can, you can sit. That, that's great. Did anyone have anything you wanted to share? I see none. I want to remind you, today we have confirmation at 10.30. I think we're going to do that in here. We can spread out. Uh, we'll just hang out in here after. And if you want to bring by your animal around 11.15, your pet, not just any animal, around 11.15, we'll do blessing of the animals outside if it's not raining. Um, a couple just congregational notes. Eleanor Stroh was baptized yesterday. Uh, that's probably the last sort of baptism we'll have outside of regular worship. We've, COVID has made things weird, so they'll probably come back into services now. The Love Fund, I got the last financial statement uh, through the first three quarters, has given away, I think it's twenty-one dollars or $22,000 this year. Uh, six families have been recipients this year, so thank you for your generosity in prayers and referrals. And then the last thing is just, um, as we have worship inside again, we need readers, we need lectors, we need ushers. I, I can do everything, but it's a lot of me, and I don't want to you know, have too much of me here. Um, so you can sign up online. There's a little sign up. You can just sign up for whatever you want to do. You can do it Saturday. You can do it Sunday morning, whatever's easiest for you. So I invite you to do that. All right. I invite you to receive the blessing. Today's blessing, uh, we had El Salvador on the prayer cycle for this week. This is the blessing from Oscar Romero's funeral. Why don't you stand to receive the blessing? Christ, our true God, risen from the dead, whose tomb is brighter than any royal hall, will have mercy on us and save us, for this is a good God who loves all. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit bless you now and forever. Amen. Go in peace and bind up the broken parts. Thanks be to God.